So this is the first episode we have with Batavia as our co-host. She's not a guest anymore. And like I said in a previous podcast, I'm thrilled to have her on. And we're going to have two different opinions for you now and two different sets of advice. One from a more urban gardener and another one from myself, who is an urbanish um, country gardener. And I think together that we will both be able to bring you more solid information and help you in your journey to become a gardener as well. So thank you for being on your first episode as a co-host, Batavia. Well, thank you for the invitation. I'm really excited about it. As Ben mentioned, I am a urban city gardener. I'm sitting in the Midwest in Chicago. And if there's a space that I can grow in, I am going to try to grow in it. So um, a bit of trial and error for me many years, but um, gardening is the thing that I enjoy almost the most. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm how good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. And just a, a little funny note, this is actually the second time we've recorded this part because I forgot to hit the record button and we were like deep in conversation for a few minutes, so... <laughs> Second time's a charm for everybody. Absolutely. But to get onto our uh, topic of cost savings, I was going to start off with um, repurposing materials and a lot of times wood, um, stuff like that. And I use a lot of wood in my garden, but Batavia, I know she doesn't use as much wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, what materials do you use? So um, I have my garden split, and for years, my history of gardening has been with wood um, and raised beds, but my backyard is all wood. My front yard, I use this metal um, garden bed, and I really mm-hmm. did that for aesthetics since I was in the front yard, kind of in the middle of the city, in the middle of a city block. Uh, so that was really the only goal that I was going for with changing material. And then, so like, I like to use a lot of pallets for stuff. And a good place to get those is you can go to like a home improvement store. Like I have a Lowe's by my house and they do, um, if you go in there and you just say, Hey, I'd like to get some of your pallets. Is there any that I can just have for free? They'll tell you to go out back and get some. They're like, don't get this certain color because they're pressure. Is it pressure treated? Yeah. Pressure treated. Mm -hmm. So they reuse them, which you don't want to use in your garden anyways. Mm -hmm. And you can just go grab what you need and use them. Generally speaking, don't go back there and just start taking them though. But you know, and then other things that you can use, like I've seen people uh, repurpose bathtubs to grow ah. potatoes. <laughs> That's super cool. Which is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then. It, I was just going to add go for the wood um, and some big box stores like your Lowe's, um, your Menards that, are, that sit in the Midwest, um, they do a lot of cutting of wood. So depending on the size that you're trying to create, maybe your garden beds in, um, you can ask them for kind of scraps of wood as well, right? You know, right. so some of them may be too small for your general purpose, but you know, everything from my favorite thing to do is stack 
items. So it may not be a garden bed you're building, but what if you already have a pot outside, but you want to kind of elevate it a bit? You can use right. scraps of wood, if you will. Um, so I am a big fan of repurposing. I probably have collected too many things with the future goal of repurposing, um, just right. because I feel like, you know, there's something that could be done with this, you know, give it another life. And you said you have, in your shed, you have, what is it that you have? Oh, yeah. So um, storm windows. Um, so it's a big thing here in, in the city of Chicago. Um, my uncle, who does handiwork here and there, he was replacing some windows in an apartment that he was rehabbing. And when I heard about it, I asked him to bring the windows by. So my goal in the future is to create a cold frame where I would lay the windows on top of my garden bed, my raised bed, um, to really extend the garden season a bit further. So they're stacked up because I haven't taken on that project yet. Um, but that's, again, uh, they would likely have gone to the trash, you know, maybe to some recycling shop. Um, but right now their home is my garage. <laughs> and I was, I was actually, when I lived in New England, I was going to do the same thing. But I could not find storm windows and I was not about to go buy some. Yeah. Yeah. But and we and Batavia and I have talked in at length about this and we will do a podcast about your Pinterest gardens. <laughs> but you know, the the real beautiful gardens that you see online and stuff like that. And you can take some of these repurposed materials and actually turn them into a beautiful thing. It's just the way you design your whole garden space and what your vision is for it. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing to do. And one more note on the repurposing. Um, and this, I didn't think about it until we started talking. Um, once you start doing it, you'll have an eye out for this kind of stuff. Um, so by all means, don't let it stop you from creating a garden if you don't have items to immediately repurpose. But once you kind of get in that mindset, you'll start to see things as you're driving around, you know, as you're walking around. Um, I, years ago, and this is probably 10 or more years ago, I was driving around my neighborhood one early morning and I saw um, someone had put out in this area, trash in the front, and they had put out these old kind of crates or trunks, um, definitely something that they were storing things in. And they had set it out for the trash. And I immediately thought, oh, that can be basically a flower bed. Um, so I didn't necessarily want to put food in that, you know, kind of grow vegetables. But at the time I ended up like it was, you know, I might as well had a ski mask on. I was creeping around, <laughs> stuffing the, uh, the, the trunks into my car and bringing them back home. And for years, I actually used those, put them aside my, my garage and used those to plant flowers. So as I looked on my backyard, I can see kind of those flowers in the distance. And I as we were talking about earlier, bedazzled them just a little bit. I ended up painting them white, you know, so it kind of refreshed them, if you will. Yep. Um, and I, I grew in those for a number of years until ultimately the wood broke down kind of with the wear and tear. But the great thing was I spent zero dollars on that material. Right? Exactly. And it's like, what does it matter if you mess it up or not? You didn't mm -hmm. spend any money on it. Mm -hmm. And have you heard of the KonMari method? I have. I actually have the book. Uh, right here. Look at you. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did it years ago, but actually for gardeners, though, that's the best thing because people will get rid of so much stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can drive down and it's all in like great condition. Absolutely. And they're just trying to like do this method, which is great. And it, and KonMari method is a um, method of 
since you're reading the book now, it's been a couple of years for me, but it's basically going more minimalistic in your life and getting rid of the clutter. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to find all these great materials to use. I mean, I've gotten like shelves and stuff yeah. for my garden and whatnot. So yeah, I actually have, um, and right behind my home, there was, um, it probably was a magazine rack. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten like kind of flower stands, you know, so it's not that I'm walking around, you know, all alleys all the time, but I do take a longer route home sometimes because people end up just throwing away things that they don't find use of anymore. And it could right. be, like you said, being in fine condition, especially if it's going to be kind of outside, you don't need it to be pristine. And my best, I love when I see something that I've created based on repurposing it. And then you see a like thing in the store and you kind of see that retail price. It's a good feeling to know that you've saved that money. Right. Right. Exactly. And did you have one that's a cost saving tip? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one is I think it's generally traditional when it comes to saving money overall, um, but I definitely want folks to consider this for gardening and it's coupons. Um, so for some big box stores, my biggest savings last year was um, I have a Home Depot account, right? And if you don't have a Home Depot account, that's fine because we have a couple of other notes when it comes to couponing. But I have a Home Depot account and a few times a year, they send me in the mail a coupon of, you know, buy X amount and get 10% off, right? So last spring, I was very intentional on making sure the things that I was going to purchase from them, I purchased purchased all in one fell swoop mm-hmm. and applied that 10% off, right? You know, so um, it doesn't work for everything that I purchased because I, I go to garden stores you know, much more often than once. Um, but that was a pretty significant savings because that was the beginning of kind of the garden season for me. Um, another note on that when it comes to coupons, when, it, when you look at other stores like hardware stores, sometimes they send out sales flyers as well and they have coupons. A lot of hardware stores have different things, everything from kind of seed starts. You know, they obviously have in a lot of places soil to sell. Um, mm-hmm. So just keep an eye out for that. You know, the things that especially couponers, if you're into that, there's some savings to be had. Um, so I'm going to continue to look out for them this year as well as winter ends and spring begins. Yeah. And the one thing too, is because you saved all of your stuff and bought it at once, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that you actually save more money because, you know, every time you go to the store, like, oh, I need this. Oh, wait, but I need this also. Uh And if you can kind of take your time, I mean, and it's gardening. So like, what's the rush? Yeah. Right. Like Like, (laughs) there's no rush. That's what this whole thing is about is patience. And you just get your list together. You go in there, you're going to save your 10%. And I bet if you kind of look back over the years, you probably save a couple bucks too by not being like, oh, let me get this extra pack of seeds today. Mm -hmm. Let me get this. You know what I mean? Now I feel like you may have seen my list already because I'm going to (laughs) go ahead and take the liberty to go to my next one. And it is preparing your space before you actually start to purchase things. And with the mindset of you're going to buy most of the things you need at one time. So... I, in my early days of gardening, um, sometimes plants are like, you know, shoes to other people, right? Like, I feel like I end up collecting plants and, you know, flowers and things. So you get into some of the stores and, you know, if this is what you do when it comes to purchasing, you get into some of the stores and you just become overwhelmed by all the pretty things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you end up purchasing a lot of things, loading them into your car and you come back home. And now the question is, 
well, where am I going to plant this or that, right? Um, so one of the things I've done over the last three or four years, it's almost a promise to myself, even if I go to a store, I promise myself not to buy anything until I've prepped my garden area, right? So I've connected with the area, connected with the soil, with nature. And I start to kind of think about if I haven't already completely planned it out, what I want to plant where. Um, So it's subtle, but it absolutely is a way to save money, right? And that also, if you go back to the couponing, allowed me, because I really had in mind what I wanted to buy. It allowed me to be more focused, um, and I'm sure save a few dollars because I needed those later on in the spring and summer for the purchases I made. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like how many times have you gone to buy a plant and then it just dies? You let it sit in the pot and you're like, I'll find a spot, I'll find a spot mm-hmm. and it dies. And you're like, oh, it's only five bucks. But you probably do that two or three, four times a year. Yeah. yeah. That's 20 bucks. Yeah. And I had a up. guy when I, when I, an old job of mine used to say to me, would you throw five bucks on the ground and walk away? Mm. I would not, I wouldn't even throw a dime on the ground and walk away. You know what I mean? So, and I wish my mom, I hope my mama listens to this cause she needs to hear this about the plants. Cause she'll, she's famous for that. My great grandmother, um, years ago, she's passed away now, but years ago she said, you know, I just don't understand these young people. Now they walk past a penny and I giggled every time I see a penny because I stop and I have to pick it up. But there were years mm-hmm. I was that young person, uh, but absolutely. I've, um, I've, fallen victim to that, although it was my own doing, buying not so much flowers because they can be resilient, but I've bought uh, seed starts, like start mm-hmm. um, starter plants for years in my garden. That's what I would do, buy starter plants from um, the big box stores and nurseries and such. And I would have them on my back porch, you know, sun beaming down on them in the little yep. pot that they come in and just have plans on putting them in the ground. But remember back then I wasn't prepping the area, you know, right. and I've actually, I'm embarrassed to say, but you know, this is transparent gardening, right? right. I've actually had to throw away some cause they've literally died. Right. And then go and buy more yep. um, once I got that area prepped. So I've broken yeah, the it's cycle, a hard thing though, to do. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. And I, I actually, I want to go back to the penny thing real quick because yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. I was riding my bike one day and I saw a penny and I pulled over and picked it up and I ended up getting $8 and change <laughs> oh my in God. that one spot. So yeah, <laughs> stop and pick up your pennies. Here, but here. yeah, throwing all the, throwing away all your stuff, all that stuff is, it's a shame and it's a waste. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you recompost it, maybe it's not so much of a waste, but it's a waste of money mm-hmm. and that's money that you could put somewhere else. And, and time, people are always, right? yeah, mm-hmm. and time and not that, but you always have in the back of your head too. I need to get that plant in the ground. I need mm-hmm. to get that plant in the ground and just removing that out of your mind and getting that area ready. So that's what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to think this is what I want to do here and I'm going to prepare it and go, cause I don't do that. Yeah. I just go and get it and I usually waste a few things. Yeah. It's a good feeling though, to be able to have that area prepped too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, again, I'm in the store like in about two or three weeks, I'll be in the stores looking at kind of the flowers and things because it makes me happy. Um, but I am, as soon as we're at the place where the weather is broken, I'm ready to start buying. I'm ready to right. start planting. Um, and I've gotten ahead of myself. And um, it just, it's made my garden experience a bit more enjoyable because like you said, there's this, you got to get it into the ground, got to get it into the ground. Like there's a pressure that you've put on yourself then. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, there are a lot of opportunities for us to feel like we failed at things and this doesn't have to be that. Right. 
No, it doesn't. And it should be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So my next one is buying in bulk. Mm. So I'm going to open up with a little story here. I, um, I bought my new house and I, I put up one four by eight bed and I wasn't sure there was nothing in the area to buy soil in bulk. So I mm. bought bags of soil <laughs> and I think I spent right around $60 in bags of soil. I got it in the bed and it's actually only filled it up about a third of the way. So I was like, you know what? It's a raised bed, but they got access to the soil. I'm just going to plant. And I I grew out of it, right? It was $60 to start that. I added three more beds the next year that were four by eight, and it cost me $40 to fill them up completely to the brim. So the money savings is there. And not only was I able to have the money savings, but the soil that I actually got, we have a gentleman down here. He has... um, Oh, I'm using his his business card as a bookmark. It's Parker Soil or something. Anyways, he has engineered soil for gardening. And if there's ever such thing as beautiful soil, this is it. Uh-huh. This is the most beautiful thing. And I mean, just saving that money and same with like mulch, like all the like three bags for 10 bucks. Well, you can get so much more for 10 bucks. And a lot of these places will even deliver to you for a, a, a minimal fee and drop it off at your house so you can uh-huh. do it. So that's a, a good way to go about it. So I actually, I want to jump in there and um, as a cautionary tale. So that's absolutely a great cost savings tip. Um, but don't be Batavia and order over, over order in bulk. Um, so last year was um, a year where I expanded my garden and I had that same concept, right? I needed a lot of soil, um, and I was pricing it around, pricing bags of soil, thinking about the quality of that soil. Um, and not even a mile away from my home, there's a space with that sells all of this kind of things, you know, firewood, mm-hmm. soil, all of this. Uh, so I was doing the calculations. So I thought, and I, if I had ordered the correct amount, I would have had a great savings, but I over ordered and it took me a week like I felt like I should have been on the corner which I in part was offering soil to people as they drove by and I didn't have many takers so the way I balanced that out was I built another raised bed to use that extra soil Uh, one more note on that think about collaborating with someone. So when you think about, you know, Backyard Gardens, the movie, it's about two families, right? You right. Know, so if you have someone that's near you, a neighbor, uh, depending on how you're transporting these things, you know, you can go in on buying something like that in bulk, um, you know, split those costs and it's going to be a savings for both of you. Yeah. And I mean, we actually did the bulk soil for one of the gardeners and we don't know about the second one yet. There's a whole situation I can't talk about yet with the movie sure. and you'll see when it comes out, but they actually went and bought it and we did the same thing. I, we paid half and half. Mm-hmm. So I got a little bit of soil from them and then they took a little bit of soil and it worked out great. And a lot of places will even give you a bulk discount. Yes. So you exactly. can go in and say, you know, four people on your street and say, Hey, we all want mulch because mulch is a big one. Mm-hmm. And then you get your mulch brought in by the truckload and then you can go ahead and do it that way. Yeah, I think um, you're ready for my next one. I I was born ready. <laughs> so, um, and we didn't practice this, so um, it's the timing is good on it. Mulch, 
So I'm a big believer in mulch. And my tip is mulch to conserve water. Um, so when it comes to watering, which Ben is going to cover in just a few, I think, um, mm. I actually have, and this is going to be maybe my dual tip, I actually have access in the city to free mulch. Those words exist, free mulch, right? Um, and I'm sure that this is something that other cities offer, but while I I'm couldn't really get mad it delivered, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I almost get teary-eyed. <laughs> um, so... Two things, mulch to conserve water. The caution is, depending on what kind of mulch you have, what where you get your mulch, be careful about where you put them, like near your vegetables and all. Um, right. But for my – now let's think beyond just the garden itself, like the vegetables that you planted. My front yard actually has – any space where I'm not planting, I consider a walkway. So I wanted to go the whole Pinterest mo- model and like – kind of completely, you know, deck it out, get like the the little bitty pebbles, you know, the gravel, and it look really, really cool and sharp, but those are really expensive. Like the yeah. amount of, you know, um, rocks or pebbles that I would need, you know, that was outside of my garden budget. So there's a place that's not far from me um, where, and there are a couple of different spots in our city where as long as you come with your own material, so I bring a shovel, a bucket, and- right garbage bags you can as often as you want through you know 6 a.m to like 2 p.m here for us you can go and load up on free wood chips and so what i did was my flower bed that i have in the front yard i mulched the entire flower bed with those free wood chips right i've not bought a plastic bag of mulch in years now i use the entire front um garden space that I have. So we'll talk about this in future videos. My front yard is officially a vegetable garden. Um, So all of the walking space that I have is mulched, right? And so I'll need to replace it. it, but guess what? You know, as it wears down, it's free, you know, so I every now and again at that that Pinterest, you know, kind of uh, fairy is on my shoulder saying, gosh, it would be it would look so cool if you use this other material, but it's hard to beat free. And it really serves the purpose that I need it for. So I just close that one out. I do use it and I kind of tested it out. I do use it to mulch some of my vegetable garden areas um, and just uh, be cautious because in my area, they've advised that these aren't diseased trees. You know, these are just trees that maybe, you know, are blocking areas that they've cut down and shredded. Um, but absolutely consider it. It generally speaking, mulch practice conserves water. So you're going to save there. Right. And then the dual benefit of, you know, if you can get access to, heck, if you have a neighbor or someone in your area that's having a tree cut down, that could be align into, hey, where are they going to shred that thing? You know, so um, just poke around a little bit. You'd be surprised what you find. Well, two things for that. One, I have a confession to make. (laughs) I don't use any mulch. I had a feeling. I I was watching some of the videos on your YouTube channel. I was saying to myself, I hope this is just the end of the garden season. I didn't want to judge you. (laughs) No, there's a reason, though. There's a reason. That's what I'll get into. So if anybody's watched my YouTube channel, you know, I I refer to the hurricane. We had Hurricane Florence because it was devastating in our area. And um, just quickly summarize it. I worked in an area where they lost uh, over 150,000 trees. Oh, wow. And they took all these trees down, right? Well, they mulched them. 
and you drive by and there was mulch mountains. Yeah. Like I think the one that we worked with, um, I was filming it and it was probably about a hundred feet high maybe and like three football fields long. Right. They had a, they had a, um, man, I don't know my heavy machinery that well. They had like a crane or something on top of it. Not a crane, a backhoe, giant backhoe, like on top of it, moving wood. Right. Well, you would think, cause we had to cut our trees down. We had to drag them to the street and guess who got that mulch? Not us. They gave it to all the businesses and stuff like that. And it rubbed me really raw. And so we spent, and that was around the time I was really getting these gardens going. So we had other expenses to rebound from the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I don't have mulch, but this year we are going to get mulch because the weeds have just been way too bad. And I know that it fixes it, but you have to get a lot of mulch and it's expensive. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why we're going to do bulk. I didn't really mulch my garden um, before I kind of came upon this free mulch concept. I did mm-hmm. maybe for aesthetics for the front flower bed, and I was buying kind of that dyed black mulch because it looked really yeah. cool, right? But there is no way – it's like three bucks a bag. There is no yeah. way I could afford to use that for my entire garden area. Um, right. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, one of the things that we'll continue to talk about is – you know, in a lot of instances, starting small, you know, so I don't, I didn't need truckloads of mulch in my first no. garden, you know, so, <laughs> like, I'm not even sure if I understood what mulch was in my first garden, like a dozen years ago, you know, and that's right. just fine. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I forgot whose turn it is. Is it mine or yours? Rock, paper, scissors. You go ahead. I think I even think I used two of mine. So it's on you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so mine is real simple. and We've already gone over it though, but it's starting seeds. So if you've listened to any of the podcasts we've done this year, you know that we have been talking about starting seeds and um, San Diego Seed Company is a supporter of our movie. And we had um, Bridget on to talk about it. And she basically broke it down. And I mean, I thought about this. I never really said it. But for two dollars for a pack of seeds, two to three bucks, you know, whatever you get, you can get like 50 plants out of it technically. Mm -hmm. And if you plant them three seeds per cell to make sure that you don't have any loss, well, if you divide that 50 by three, because I think usually they have 50 seeds in them, then you get that number versus if you bought seed starts, it would be, what is it? Six for five to six bucks or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So the cost saving is just astronomical at that part. And the other thing too, is you can save whatever seeds you don't use the first year you can save to the next year. So it just keeps going and going. And that's, I mean, once you're ready to take the next step, because I think seed starts are good for the beginning, but once you're ready to start the next step and really give it a shot, I think starting your own seeds are a really good way to go. Now, let me jump in there because um, truth moment, as a new gardener, uh, so the quick story is, have been gardening for about a dozen years. A lot of those years have been buying um, starter plants from various stores. I started delving into seeds like three or like three years ago, three seasons ago. Um, And the first season I bought seeds and I was nervous about the idea of like planting seeds. I don't know about that. And so I, I, I didn't do it. So I had all these seeds that I bought, these packages. And then the next year, you know, I got up the gumption and said I was going to do it. Um, 
and but I look back at the packages and on the package it says expires like you know December 17 like you know, right. December 2017 and I'm ashamed to say that I threw those seeds out so the lesson here is I didn't realize at the time that you know <laughs> this isn't like your bottle of mayo or something like right. those seeds could have easily been used the following year. And same thing yeah. when it comes to if you actually open the package and use them. Um, and that's even this what's packaged. We're not even talking about saving seeds from what you've grown. You know? right. so. And I'm going to make a couple people. I'm going to rattle some feathers here. We <laughs> talked about this yesterday. Uh-huh. If you're going to buy seeds. You do not have to buy actual certified organic seeds if you're in fear of getting genetically modified seeds. So just so you know, the average consumer being anybody that's listening to this that doesn't have a mega corn farm or anything like that, you cannot go buy a seed from a store that is genetically modified. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have other reasons to get organic seeds, that's different, but that will save you some money too. Now that be that being said, I am a proponent of heirloom seeds, mm. which tend to be. We're gonna have a whole show about garden terminology, but just to be real simple, it all the weird looking vegetables, black tomatoes and stuff like that. A lot of them are heirloom, which means they haven't been crossbred. They don't have dis- disease resistance built into them, which is not because they are genetically modified. It's because they are. Um, crossbred with other breeds and stuff like that. So the biggest thing is um, you hear a lot of people talk about corn, mm-hmm. corn on the cob. Well, yes, it is genetically modified, but before it was genetically modified in my lifetime and probably like my grandfather's lifetime, corn on the cob looked the same, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, it didn't used to a long time ago. It would be like one kernel here. Then yeah. one, it would be yeah. like six kernels, but they would crossbreed the different breeds of corn i'm getting lost in my words the different breeds of corn and then they came up with this beautiful looking corn on the cob doesn't mean it's genetically modified it's just bread so that's another way to save but if you have any other reason why you want to buy organic then by all means do so Mm -hmm. we use san diego seeds and they're organic so i'm not saying don't buy organic i'm just saying if you're scared of getting genetically modified with the chemicals inside of them like um it's going to evade me or like roundup and stuff like mm-hmm. that that are roundup resistance. Then you don't have to worry about that because those would be cost so much money. You wouldn't be able, and they're not going to sell you a pack of 10 seeds. You know, they're yeah. going to sell you a pack of 400 pounds of seeds. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing. That's um, that's, I really wish he Ben and I would have had that conversation like three weeks ago before I ordered <laughs> every seed known to man organic at that. Uh, but absolutely, as I've compared pricing over the years, these last couple of years, you know, your standard seed package is even in an expensive city like Chicago is much cheaper than your organic seed package. No mm-hmm. different than when you're buying conventional uh, fruits and veggies in your stores versus organic. There's a different price point for each of those. So, you know, I, right. I always look at this to say, make sure I want to spend my money where I feel like it absolutely is needed. Um, right. And I'm, I'm glad to know that some of my fears around non-organic seeds have been put to rest. Maybe not all of them, but definitely some of them. Well, and I mean, if you want to use your organic seeds, just save the seed for next year and really mm-hmm. get the biggest bang for your buck, you know, let some stuff go to seed. And that's, 
I mean, again, that's another way to save on this whole is let something go to seed, yeah. which means let it over ripen, let your beans get really big and then dry them and then you have them. But that's like, you know, there's so much misconception about it. And this is like a true passion of mine because first of all, I'm a documentary filmmaker. So it's like my job to talk about this stuff. And as how I got into this entire field was this exact moment when I was like, wait, they're putting stuff so we could just spray poison right on our food. And I had to learn because everything you can get is organic and it's not necessarily that way. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the chemicals that you want to consume that they spray on them. But I don't want to eat food personally that has chemicals already in the DNA of this, the vegetable. And that's, that's my really, theory. and that's the, what I thought I was purchasing with organic yeah. seeds, like avoiding that. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's a super duper important tip because, um, you know, transparent gardening is our focus, right. You know, right. we want to take some of the fear out of gardening, you know, um, some of this stuff is hard, but a lot of it isn't, you know? Right. Um, so we definitely don't want to be, you know, kind of the poster children of you have to do it this way. No. Uh, we want to make sure that you're getting, you're comfortable with, Hey, at this point, I'm going to buy a couple of packages of seeds, maybe, maybe not, you know, and do I need to spend the extra, you know, two or three bucks overall to buy organic seeds? Maybe not, right? You know, especially if you're starting out and you're kind of dipping your toe in the soil. I think I just right. made up that saying. Um, we should coin that one. Um, you should. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, too, like if you're just getting started, like, don't even get the heirloom seeds. Mm -hmm. Get the ones that have the disease resistance built into it via the crossbreeding and stuff like that so that you can be more successful at gardening. Yeah. Like, don't jump in head first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I so. think I have one more, and it, it's kind of related to the first one I think I shared, and it's clearance. Um, so something tells one. me as we continue to talk the audience may get an idea that I like to shop. And I don't know if that's not true, but let's just, you know, we'll go with it for now. Um, so clearance. Um, everyone, I believe, is familiar with the concept of clearance racks and clearance aisles and all of that. Um, but that exists for the garden world as well, right? Um, so the things that I often find on clearance and Sometimes it's timing. Late in the season, you're going to get the most things on clearance, right? Um, everything from pots, you know, that you're planting flowers in. If you're a container gardener, you'll see more pots on clearance. Um, throughout the season, I see, you know, vegetables, not as many, but some vegetables. Um, I bought a pepper plant like I think a starter plant for maybe like 50 cents or something last year, you know, and while that's still more expensive than it would have been if I would have started from seed, it's still less money than it would have been if I would have bought it in May for three or four bucks. Right. Well, um, and there's a time also where you can't start a seed. You're too yeah, late. Yeah. So exactly. if you want a pepper, get it for exactly. 50 cents. Yeah. And, um, there's another, um, note that I do every year. I'll go around and I'll look for perennial plants. So, you know, flowers that, um, are on sale because once those things, especially in the big box stores, once they die or, or they're looking kind of deathly, 
I mean, the amount that those stores will mark those things off. And my favorite thing to do ever is even if it's marked down is to, you know, go to the register and, and ask for it for a lower price. Right. right. Um, but perennials are expensive, especially in the stores. Um, and I it took me years to even start planting them just based on the expense. But in most cases, you know, unless the root is completely dead, whatever you're looking at in the store that's marked down because it it doesn't look attractive. You can plant. I've done this. Put it in your garden. Uh, cut it back, and it'll come back next year just as big and beautiful as everything else that you've bought. Um, mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised how quickly you can fill up your garden based on that over the years. Uh, so that's definitely something I do, and it also feeds my need to buy things, um, and I can buy them for that lower, lower price. So. And um, I buy everything in the fall, in the late <laughs> fall, because you know it's funny. Like now. Christmas starts in October and the stores. And when I refer to the stores, I mean, let's be clear. I'm talking about your big box, like home improvement stores. You know, it starts in October, which by the way, was really great when I was filming the Santa Claus documentary because I had access to Christmas stuff out of season, (laughs) but they're trying to get everything else out of there to make space. And you're able to like in my area, I'm actually still able to use some of the stuff. I mean, you can get, I bought a pot that was like 50 bucks. I got it for a dollar. You know, that's a crazy mark off. There was nothing wrong with it. The jealousy that I'm experiencing right now, because I don't even know what the pot looks like, but I feel like I want that pot for a (laughs) dollar. Oh, it's ugly, but it's big. You know what it I mean? It serves a purpose, it's, uh, right? Yeah. It serves a purpose. And if it was that ugly, I could paint it. I could do a lot of things. But just that money savings is just, it's its huge. And I can't, you know, I think it's a great tip. And um, one of the ladies who uh, works for the Agricultural uh, North Carolina State University, anniversary, woo, university. university. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I got all messed up. She told me when I was there, she had these big, beautiful they were probably about three feet by two feet and they sat like four feet high, three feet high. And then they're like two feet deep and there were these big containers. And I was like, man, those are really nice. Where'd you get them? She was like $10 at Lowe's on clearance. Listen, you're, you're preaching to the choir. So, um, I think we established a few minutes ago that I visit stores often, and a lot of those times I make purchases. Um, but what I do also is, again, I enjoy being around these things. That's why that that short video that you have of kind of like the different experiences you even catch uh, in your on your YouTube channel, Ben, you even catch the um, someone in a nursery. Like it just spoke mm-hmm. to me because that's me. That's I'm that person that's enjoying that nursery. But anywho, um, what I'll do is I'll keep an eye out on things, right? You know, so we know different stores sometimes have have different um, inventory, but I bought last year from Menards, another big box store, these beautiful ceramic uh, pots, and I use them outdoors. Uh, They're this really cool color green that went with kind of what I was doing in my backyard, but I didn't buy them at the beginning of the season or in the middle of the season. I saw them. I knew I really wanted them. I knew I didn't have to have them at that point. So I just kept right. an eye out, right? You know, I checked different stores. I saw what their, um, how much they had in inventory. And it, towards the end of the season, I didn't get them for a dollar, but I was really comfortable with like, 
I think it was something like 60% off or something, because that kind of stuff is hard for them to move around. So they're trying to get it out of their store. Um, So just, again, it's that keeping that thing in mind, right? Something that you may be interested in, you know, if you're in a position to go ahead and get it, absolutely do that, you know, Um, but just realize that they're just like anything else. There's going to be a chance where that thing or something similar maybe at a much lower price and use that, the money you've saved to, you know, buy more garden things. That's my motto. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so the last thing that I have is, um, watering. Mm. So watering methods, watering at appropriate times, this is a hidden cost. And, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. I mentioned earlier, like I have a rain barrel now when I originally got my rain barrel, my idea was, I'm going to fill it up. I'm going to hook up a sprinkler to it and I'm going to water my garden. Well, when I started doing the calculations and well, let me, let me reverse a little bit. I wasn't doing the calculations. I started reading about other people's calculations on how much water it would take. It was obviously not going to work, but what I use that for is I use it to water my, my potted plants. Uh, So I'm an avid bonsai grower. And yes, I say bonsai because I'm an American. It's supposed, you know, I don't say it correctly, but I grow it and I use it to water my, my trees that way mm-hmm. solely. And then if I have, when I start my new garden, I'll water my seedlings, my seeds with it, or I'll water brand new plants and stuff like that. I can do it by hand instead of wasting a lot. I can spot water it and it catches. And, um, I got mine on Craigslist for like 40 bucks ah, and nice. the gentleman pulled up. He's like, where does it go? I was like, hey, right over here. I was like, I can take it. He's like, oh, I got it. Set it up for me in like 30 seconds. I gave him 40 bucks and he left. Uh, and I was like, cool. this is great, you know. But then the other thing, too, is like, what method are you using? Like, are you using overhead sprinklers? Are you using what drip hoses? Which is the most cost-saving way to do it is using a drip hose. But then, you know, like, I don't use a drip hose because my water has to run from the side of my house all the way to my backyard via a hose. And I'm not sure I'm going to test it this year, but I'm not sure that it'll actually let the hose drip correctly. So I haven't been using it, but you know, it's one of those things where you just keep trying and then mulching on top of it will help with the evaporation of the water, not to mention the time of day you water. So yeah, I'm definitely a very early before the sun starts beaming before it gets hot, you know, garden waterer. I don't have a drip hose either. And my setup is eerily the same as yours, you know, although we're in kind of different areas. Um, yeah. The hose is on the side and, it, you know, basically I drag it back and forth. So let me know how that goes when it comes to um, your your trial this year and I'll consider it for next oh, year. Oh, if I get it to work, I'm going to cheer you. Everybody's going to know about it. <laughs> Cause I used it before and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But, and the thing is, is should you water in the early morning or the late afternoon? Mm. That's the big question. Right. And I'm going to help everybody out water early in the morning <laughs> because it doesn't, the water doesn't sit on your leaves. If you're growing anything yeah. like a melon, a cucumber, zucchini, squash, pumpkins, anything like that. And I'm, I know there's a family name for these things and it's eluding me right now. But if you water late in the evening, especially if you live in a humid climate, such as I do, you are 150% going to get powdery mildew 
and then you're not going to be able to get it out of your soil for at least a year and you can't compost that material. Mm -hmm. So if you water early in the morning, you're eliminating your chances for that. And then for myself, like I overhead water and I live in a humid environment. So I like, I get powdery mildew, but I can stave it off a little bit longer because of the the time of day I water. Mm -hmm. So that's, and then it doesn't evaporate stuff like that. So, but if you have to, and if you have to water in the middle of the day, the water droplets are not going to burn holes in your leaves, okay? <laughs> That's not going to happen. There's no need to call the fire department. Your your garden no. will not catch fire. Yeah. No. I had a, I went to a two-year uh, bonsai school. That's how you're supposed to say it, bonsai. I say mm-hmm. bonsai. But I went to a two-year uh, program for it, and we had this Japanese uh, fellow come in, and he was like, you water Whenever it needs water, you don't you don't hold back. And then somebody raised their hand. He was like, "We're gonna. I don't like to water in the in the middle of the day because it'll burn a hole." And he's like, "That's bullshit. We do it all the time." He got like really mad, and I was like, "Okay, this is supposed to be a relaxing experience." But so I started to do it, and guess what? I didn't get any holes in any of my fine yeah. leaf trees or anything. Yeah. So I just kind of move it forward. But a bit um, an asterisk around that, right? So if you've like been neglecting your your watering. Mm-hmm. Get out there and water, right? But if you're on yeah, a regular schedule, absolutely do it in the morning. It um, it, again, it it takes a bit of the stress out of uh, my experience when it comes to being a gardener. Um, I actually enjoy because my area is pretty small, all things considered. I actually enjoy um, watering because it gives me a chance to kind of check in on the plants. Mm-hmm. Now I I'm again looking forward to your feedback on your trial, Ben, because I'm scheduling vacations around my my growing season because I'm concerned about you know who's going to water my plants and my veggies. So timers, just get a timer. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's what I do. <laughs> I solely use timers. I never have to turn mine on. Yeah. And I, my favorite thing to do is wake up early in the morning sit on my back porch and watch my plants get watered. Ah, and then see. after they're done, I'll go out and check on. Cause every day I do a little, and in, in the morning I do just a little five minute walkthrough, mm-hmm. maybe pick a tomato or something. And then in the afternoon I'll do another walkthrough. And that's mm-hmm. when I really harvest is in the afternoon. Yeah. But yeah, I just set timers. You can get them cheap. It saves on money because well, it, it costs money to buy the timer. So yes. And I don't know if you would end up saving that much money, but it helps you because you're always on a consistent schedule mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know how much you're watering and you know what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can get one zone two. You can get as fancy as you want. I can tell you if you get a mechanical timer, which means you just turn the knob and then it'll tick, 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 tick on its own for mm-hmm. however long you set it. Or if you get one that's like battery operated where like I have mine come on at four thirty in the morning ah, okay. and then it cuts off at five thirty. And then the next zone comes on at 535 and it cuts off at 630 three times a week. Yeah. And I then, may have to go back to overhead watering for that too then. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm watering everything by hand now. Um, so, so I well, have one you, more. Okay. Well, hold on one thing. <laughs> sure. If you are going to use soaker hoses, just remember like I water for really deep two to three times a week and that's an hour ish with my timer and my overhead watering but if you use a soaker hose you have to water for like hours Mm -hmm. but you have to remember it's just dripping in to the water so into the soil so that's all i gotta say about that yeah we'll take that what's the surprise one 
Oh, it's it's probably a, elaborating on um, the other the free stuff because again I'm a Do fan. Um, so in addition to wood chips, if you can get them, and you, most people may have access to this next one more so than the free wood chips. Um, so I spent a number of trips two years ago going to various grocery stores and restaurants collecting free food grade buckets. Mm -hmm. Um, so for those that are interested in, especially for those who are just starting out, you know, container gardening is a whole thing, right? You know, a lot of people are growing some good food in containers and the containers don't have to be the pretty pots or the ugly pot that Ben got for a dollar. It doesn't have to be that, right? Um, I, in most stores, so we have, you know, your general grocery store here. If you go to their baking section, for instance, um, they are getting all kinds of um, buckets every day. Um, the most I've gotten is I've gotten a few five-gallon buckets, which is really ideal for, for planting, but I've gotten some three-gallon buckets as well. Um, so you know where they are. They're in my garage because that's where mm-hmm. I collect things. Um, but <laughs> I, I use them for um, growing food. And then when I expanded the garden, I didn't do as much container gardening, but I absolutely still use those buckets for a few other things to collect water, Right. You know, so if it's well, I'm not letting that water sit for a long time, I can use that to collect water. And then, like you said, water your plants. Um, I use it to haul different things back and forth. I use it almost as a little toolbox for my garden supplies. Um, I because my area is pretty compact, I'll use it to move dirt around. Mm -hmm. Um, I have. Now, I think I'm about halfway through. A couple of years ago, I was digging up uh, those small kind of river rocks because I was going to have some work done on this side of the house. The folks before me put those river rocks down. And I I won't tell you the number of hours or days I spent digging those up. I guess that's maybe a bonus even. But I (laughs) dug up every almost every single one of those rocks and I had them in garbage bag or garbage um, bins, all of these buckets that I had gotten for free. Right. And I stored them because I knew I wanted to use them in my landscape. Right. You know, but all of that said, it would have been hard for me to collect those things without all of these buckets. And they're pretty durable. You're talking about some pretty good plastic there as well. Um, so that's my last one kind of expanding on the free material, um, don't be afraid to ask. And I've even had folks tell me you can come back every week. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I've had folks that um, I'll go back and they're like, oh, yeah, I was saving these for you. You know, um, so I'm that that kind of gal, though. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're great seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Buckets I absolutely use them for that, too. I um, Oh, do we want. OK, one more free thing. Okay. Um, which folds into cost savings milk crates. So we we talked about this, and this is actually going to be um, explored further on another episode. But I've, I mean, you can buy them online, like you can buy almost anything. Yeah. But I mean, maybe I'm just a self-professed garbage, uh, you know, climber. What is it? Uh, um, I am dumpster diver. Yeah, dumpster diver. Yeah, (laughs) I am again driving past various spaces in the city and. There are plenty of, and these aren't like in your twos or threes or fours or fives, but I probably have maybe about 10 different milk crates and I use them for a number of things, but specifically as a seat, because it's for my height, the exact um, 
the exact space from the ground for me to kind of weed, for me to plant. Um, and all of those are free. And I'm sure there is a contraption you can buy online, you know, kind of a garden seat. Um, and it may yeah. not work for everyone when it comes to, you know, sitting. But if that's not kind of your ministry, go ahead and get a five gallon bucket from the bakery so for free. <laughs> if you go on to the um, Backyard Gardens Facebook group, you'll see that I have a picture of my garden up on it. And right in the corner, what do you see? The milk crate. I don't hide it. I don't move it. It just sits there and it's always available for me to sit down. So yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. So now is the time that everybody is excited about. And that is the recipe of the day. And I kind of dumped this on Batavia real quick, so I'm going to go ahead and give the recipe, but she's going to take the next one. Uh-huh. And this is a recipe that I invented myself. So um, as you all know, I don't really measure my spices, so you just got to work with me on what I say. But it's a uh, curry chickpea sesame dish. And the reason why um, I'm giving it this week is because the spinach that goes in it is good for this time of year. So you take a can of chickpeas, drain it, put it in a pan, turn up the heat. I, I cook everything. My burner goes one to 10 and I cook everything at eight. Every single thing's <laughs> cooked at eight. I don't even front. So, but then I put onions in it, uh, like one whole onion. And then I literally, and I'm not kidding. I take, if you know, those big containers of spinach that you can get, mm-hmm. I take half of one of those and put it in. Because Canned it'll cook spinach down. or uh, bag oh spinach. no, the fresh, the fresh. Okay, yeah. And if I pick my own spinach, that's great. But I can never grow enough to equal that. But and then I put that in there. I put about a quarter cup of water and just let it cook down. And when the water is gone, then I add my sesame oil. Mm-hmm. And I just put maybe a tablespoon of sesame oil in. And then this is the order from most to least spices: is curry. And then garlic, cinnamon, and turmeric. And when I say turmeric, I mean it's just a sprinkle of turmeric and probably about, I'm going to say two tablespoons of curry powder. And then you just let it cook and you get nice, everything cooks down. Um, and it'll be kind of like a like a really light pan fry. And then you might want to put a little bit more on the end of the, um, a little bit more um, sesame oil at the end. And then you just let it cook. And you serve it with rice, salt it when you're done. I add hot sauce, so add all the hot sauce you want. <laughs> and it is one of my favorite dishes. But the cinnamon, it seems kind of weird, but the cinnamon really does the trick. And my buddy of mine is from South India, and he got me on that with his naan bread. Yeah. And they just put a little bit of cinnamon on it. so good. I was going to ask, because cinnamon doesn't, it's not going to give it a sweet taste necessarily, but... Huh. It's just I don't know what it is. It just kind of counteracts it a little bit, mm-hmm. and it just gives you. It's just a really ple- but you don't put a lot of cinnamon in, so don't. It's yeah. not like making a piece of cinnamon toast. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> well, but, I am glad you shared that one because I listen for recipes and I kind of do a mental check. Like I have that in my pantry. I have that in my pantry. I have that. I can mm-hmm. make that like you know this week for dinner. Yep. Uh, so I so, like yeah. simple and good. And if you guys are making our recipes, uh, feel free to share them with us at Backyard Gardens, the movie on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to see what you guys are doing. Um, I hope they're helping you guys. And I'm glad, I'm happy that Batavia is with us now. And, 
you can check her out on her YouTube channel at Be Better Gardens. And I'm also doing a series right now and the Backyard Gardens movie. And we're just kind of feeding off each other. And we're just really glad you're with us. And we hope to share everything with you. And just thank you so much for coming. And we will next one. Let's see what we're going to talk about on the next one. We're going to talk about building your garden. So now it'll be time to build your garden. So, yep. So we're going to talk about deciding what to do and how to do it and all that good stuff. We'll try and keep them right at about an hour. So it it can be a a polarized topic about building a garden, I think, but we'll be all right. Basically give me the, you know, the, uh, the umbrella and, and, and pull me off the air because, um, I hope you all will enjoy, but clearly I'm a talker. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try to keep this balanced here, but thanks so much again for inviting me. Feel free to give us feedback on, you know, kind of this new format um, with us sharing our experiences. We look forward to it and uh, we'll see you next time. So if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to, you can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. It's Backyard Gardens, the movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, backyardgardensthemovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it'll really help us reach more people because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 